Hello everybody and welcome to the first throw for 2021. It's our fifth season of the podcast and it is a pleasure as always to be able to discuss uh, what we believe on this channel to be one of the greatest tournaments in the world Um, and it is an absolute honor to have you here for that ride. It's a momentous day uh, in the city that I'm living in currently, in Melbourne. Uh, it, it truly is a, a freedom day. Uh, things are looking up on the horizon. Uh, we've got um, the events of the pandemic in the last couple of years firmly in our review mirror. And I can't help but wonder if a lot of the participants for uh, Beer Pong XXIII, Beer Pong 23, the 23rd iteration of the tournament, uh, taking place tomorrow, I wonder if a lot of the competitors are seeing a lot of parallels between uh, life currently as we stand right now. Because the way I see it is we've gone through some difficulties previously, but it's green grass and blue skies ahead of us. And there are quite a few competitors that are going to be wishing for the same fate tomorrow. And I just cannot wait to see who's going to come out on top. Now, due to uh, some uh, technical difficulties, um, the podcast uh, for this tournament is going to be a slightly truncated version. We're just going to have the one episode uh, come up. And I'm going to go through all the events of the draw from last night um, in a bit more detail, try and pick out who I feel is going to top the groups um, and progress. And we'll discuss each competitor really briefly um, as we go through the groups, trying to ascertain their strengths, their weaknesses, if there have been any uh, work done on throws or technique. There's a couple of names uh, straight away um, that we will be delving into detail in terms of uh, slight adjustment in technique, which is going to be really exciting to discuss. Um, And I'll also give a, a shout out to the previous tournament winner, and discuss a little bit at the start of the next segment, uh, the the previous tournament, um, and uh, acknowledge the people behind getting the tournament tomorrow up and running. So this is the first throw. Uh, Great to have you back. And without any further ado, let's get started on the podcast. Now, the most recent tournament was... Are momentous for quite a lot of reasons. We had Etienne Harburn come out on top to make it his third tournament victory, uh, bringing him level with myself. Um, and along with myself, puts him just one tournament off Harry Calder at four championships. Uh, Etienne also regained and solidified the number one rank and put a bit of dif- distance between uh, the himself and the rest of the top five. Uh, We saw another uh, 6-0 nudie run, pantsing, from someone who is actually getting getting quite efficient at taking the kit uh, off in a hurry because the second time he's done it, uh, Daniel Meltzer, uh, got pantsed by Harry Calder. That's Harry's second victim. And uh, Daniel is now, he takes the, the mantle of having two of the three pantsings in the 23 uh, tournament-strong history of beer pong. Of course, uh, we, we must mention that Sam Stanford is also a, has also been on the receiving end of a 6-0 loss, uh, coming in the second-ever tournament 
um, at the Gould residence coming off a previous uh, victory. He was a reigning champion in the first game of his title defense. He lost 6-0 before the pantsing rule um, uh, passed through the, the, the board and was approved and ratified. So yeah, he's lucky that uh, he didn't fall to the same fate as Daniel has and Ben Akthiotis obviously being the third person to lose 6-0. But it was a great tournament. Uh, the, the walkouts were notably um, really exciting to see. There was a, a smoke machine and uh, we thank the the lovely man who is Noah Harkins for letting us use uh, his, his house, which was a, a great venue to to stage the, the 22nd Beer Pong Championship. We had Will Gluis kind of uh, rise from nowhere to make a semi-final appearance and just make, miss out on defeating Etienne by one cup to make the final. And Harry Calder, um, who made yet another final, but unfortunately uh, missed out this time. Um, he's going to have to wait for his quest to get five Beer Pong trophies. Now, it could happen. Um, in the in tomorrow's tournament, um, but we'll have a bit more to say about Harry's uh, hopes when we go through the draw. Uh, so, all in all, it was a fantastic tournament um, and really sets the scene for, for this one because a lot of the competitors are pretty much the same. Uh, we have, for this uh, tournament coming up, we have Eddie Glush returning, uh, who's uh, one of the the favourites of beer pong, uh, lovely man to, to be around, always puts his all in, um, and just a, a great guy that just loves the sport. Uh, we have uh, Luke, who is coming in making his debut, which is going to be super exciting. Uh, he's quite familiar with, with ball sports, in particular with, uh, with football, uh, very keen exponent and fan of the game. So there is some coordination there that we, he would hope would definitely uh, transfer into his beer pong playing abilities um in terms of a, a gauge for for how well he's going to do in the tournament i'm not quite sure um i mean the man does love a, a beverage of the of the cold and alcoholic variety but in terms of uh, how that will translate to his form in beer pong i couldn't tell you um we're a little bit uh, we're a little bit in the dark as to his technique um other than being uh right arm over we're not quite sure the if he's a darter, if he's a looper. Um, not quite sure if he if he if he understands the the technical aspects of the sport, which make it uh, so unique. Um, but I tell you what, I am I'm bloody excited to see how he fares. Um, and likewise, we have uh, another first time competitor in uh, Matt Bear coming in. Another man where I can't place um, because I have not seen. Uh, much, if any, of Matt in terms of beer pong. I'm not quite sure what technique he has either. Although I will say in terms of his uh, his demeanor and his attitude, he's a lovely man. Uh, very, very calm, very composed, which is always what you want uh, when you're entering the beer pong tournament for the first time. It's, it's a really finely tuned balance between being, you know, pumped and, and motivated but not getting ahead of yourself. So I think Matt's really in a, a great place there to, to get started and really uh, perform well. We also have Adam Towns, who's uh, coming back for, I think it would be his, his fourth or fifth tournament, 
it's great to have Adam back. And we have uh, the big dog, Anthony Barrera, who's coming uh, back for his second uh, run at the title. His debut tournament, he made it out of the group stages and came up against Etienne Harburn, who was the eventual winner, I believe, at uh, Lagnicourt. Could be corrected on that one. Um, but it is a close game. Went down to a, a 6-5 victory by Etienne um, in the uh, quarterfinal stage. So really interesting to see how he goes. And yeah, we'll, we'll delve a little bit deeper into, into his story when we get to Group A. So they are the uh, competitors, along with uh, all of your favorites who are returning for another crack at the title. And uh, stick with us, and we'll go through Groups A, B, C, and D, and uh, see what storylines are there to uh, pique our interest ahead of Beer Pong 23. So, it gives me great pleasure to announce the Group A participants. So, we had the live draw take place last night. Uh, which we got a lot of viewership of. Uh, so we're thankful for everyone that tuned in there. And this group is is a fabulous group. Um, so we've got Nick Gould, a two-time champion. We've got Daniel Meltzer, a two-time um, nudie runner and one-time champion. We have the big dog, Anthony Barrera. Um, and we have Luke making his debut appearance. Now, whenever there are multiple plays in a group that wish to, or not wish, that expect to leave the group, they expect to go one one or two, you always look for the first matchup as being key. So if there are three contestants, which in this case I would say um, the three that would expect and want to leave that group, being Anthony, Goulds, and uh, Moots, is that, okay, you look at what are their first games? Who's playing who? Well, uh, let me tell you, straight after the anthem, tomorrow afternoon at 1.01 p.m., it will be Nick Gould and Daniel Meltzer on show court A throwing off. So you really can't ask for much better than that because along with that, you have uh, Barrera against Luke. So... Although the, the glitz and glamour and all the eyeballs are going to be on that Nick Gould and uh, Daniel Meltzer matchup, what's equally as important is the first game of that, that, that we'll say the third of the big three, um, who wants to progress, is he cannot afford to drop that game against Luke. So you look at it two ways, right? You look at the first way, and he, he beats the debutant in his first game, which is probably probably to be expected. This is all, all with due respect to Luke, though, because we don't know how he's going to play. He could come out and surprise everyone. But we'll just go off uh, the form of previous debutantes, which is it takes a, a little bit of time for them to get going. Um, sometimes they get going a bit too late. Um, if he takes that first win, absolutely fantastic, because then one of his main competitors in Goulds and Moots have already lost one. So he's at that advantage, which means that that second game, he just needs to get a win, and he's effectively through. Or if he loses, he's still got that uh, win in the bank. So he knows that that last game he faces off um, is all important. So it's interesting there um, for uh, Anthony. It's interesting, though, for, for Goulds and Moots because you almost want 
uh, scratch that, you definitely want to be testing yourself in the group stages, right? Because it bodes well for the rest of the tournament. You come off, you come out of a tough group, you feel like you can beat anyone. Goulds and Moots, though, are going to have to be throwing and hitting their spots from the get-go because neither can afford to drop that game. You drop that game, you enter the next one with one hand behind your back. You come up against um, a debutante who, who might be throwing well, right? There's pressure there already because they both would be expected to beat Luke. So if you've come off a loss in that first game and then you're just expected to, to win, you know, you, you, your opponent hits a couple of cups in a row and then suddenly you're like, oh, geez, you know, oh, God, do I have this in me? Like, I've just come off a loss. I'm down two cups. So it's all important, that first one. What is <clears throat> almost above that in terms of importance is the rivalry between uh, Goulds and Moots. So so Trick and, and, and Wood, I've already been... You know, the, the messages have been flying. The mind games have been flying. Um, they're already trying to uh, position themselves uh, at an advantage before the first before mm -hmm. the first throw has even been delivered. So what I think is uh, almost definitely going to happen is we're going to see fireworks in that first game. We're going to see fireworks um, from both those men and... I tell you what, I, I'll say that the two people I think that are getting out of this group, I think is Anthony Barrera, if he beats Luke in that first game, and the winner of Gouldsmoots. That's who I reckon is going through. That's how important I reckon that first matchup is. Um, so, you know, if you're not playing until the second round, uh, crack open a beer for the competitors tomorrow. Um, get yourself positioned right next to the the uh, Red Rock Deli packets and just enjoy the show that's going to come out of that game. I can't wait to see it. That's my predictions for Group A. But in terms of the in terms of the analysis of of, uh, of participants here, it's really it's really interesting because Barrera is coming off uh, surgery on a broken arm on his throwing arm, no less. I think he's going to be wearing a brace. I think he's still tossing up whether or not he, he can back himself with that right arm. Might have to switch to the left. So then already that throws, you know, that throws a, a huge spanner into the into the works because is he going to be able to get that same level of consistency with his right arm? But could it be better after the surgery? You know, could there have been a few little kinks in there for the for the in the first place? You know, a couple of you know, a couple of uh you know, tibias or fibias or whichever ones are in the arm, maybe positioned slightly out of position and this surgery has just corrected them. And, you know, he goes to pick up that ball, he throws it and he goes, hang on, hang on. I'm actually throwing better now than I was previously. That could happen. Um, that brace, um, it's all been ticked off by the board. Um, it's above board for now, but, you know, it raises the question, you know, he's got that brace on there. If he's throwing well with that brace, you know, and the arm's actually not feeling the br a brunt of the, the force, you know, throw after throw after throw, you know, could we see more people wearing a brace? I think this is definitely down Jez's path of trying to gain an advantage. I reckon we, if, if Barrera does well in this tournament, don't be surprised, be upon 24, to see Jerome Stewart rocking a brace. He might even brace both arms, that man, to try and gain an advantage. Um but I think what he needs to focus on here, Big Dog, is he just needs to get those games over early. He needs to, he needs to go for the throat. 
Don't go for your your, your 7, 10, 13s to start with. Do not go for the 7, 10, 13s. Go for your triangles. Work your triangles early. Establish your three that you want. Go after your three and then deal with what's left when you, you got your last three cups. You don't want to be trying to... Um, you don't want to be getting too smart and too clever. You just want to get cups out of the way early. Try and finish the games early because you don't want that arm uh, giving you any hassle in the quarters or the semis and having to switch to the left. Uh, Mutz, I'm, I'm super interested to see what what uh, what technique we see. Is this a return of the loopy-loop uh, where he had a bit of early success um, a couple of tournaments ago at Lagny Court on the show court, knocking off both uh, Eddie and Gould before getting pantsed? Um, and and he, he's, he's, he's always a really interesting one. I mean, he's in a really good place uh, now. You know, he's, he's, he's a much calmer moot uh, for for a whole host of reasons. Um, so we could see someone who's just a little bit, uh, a little bit, a little, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say actually karma, but maybe he has the tools now to deal with that early adversity that he gets shown in games. Maybe he's got the tools to just go, oh, you know, hang on. Yeah, I'm a bit down. That's all right. I don't need to let it get to my head. I don't need to explode with rage. I can just, you know, control myself, get my throw on form and get back into it. We could see that. Equally, we could see a, a, the steely focus goulds because we tend to see a couple of different goulds through tournaments. We we tend to see, a, I mean, from the start, it was the, the tricky goulds, um, especially at the Fitzgibbon tournament where, you know, there was a lot of nefarious uh, underhand dealings which led to his eventual uh, championship victory. But we do see a steely-eyed gould at times where he backs himself in and he's a very momentum-based player. So if he gets a, first, uh, a couple of cups in in a row, He's fantastic. And last last game at Lagny Court was one of the best victories that I've ever seen. Um, I was on the receiving end of it, um, where he's down uh, five cups to five cups to one, and he comes back and wins six five. You know, abominable choke, choking display by myself, but equally and probably further, um, a brilliant display of uh, momentum based beer pong by Goulds because he, he didn't have any. He engineered his own momentum and got himself to the victory. So. All, all to play for tomorrow, all to look forward to as well. Um, and let's move on to Group B. Group B is another fabulous group. Um, we have Harry, Jez, Adam Towns, and Alex Lewis. So much the same as the as the first the first group, Group A. We got three people there straight away, who will expect to get out of that group. But I've got news for you lads, only two of you will. So Harry and Jezza are facing off in the first game on uh, Calder's Court um, to start the tournament. Um, a very interesting one there straight away because there's a huge rivalry, huge rivalry, probably the potentially the biggest in beer pong, uh, probably aside from uh, Goulds versus Jez. Um, and uh, and Jez versus Mutz and uh, Jez versus <laughs> Jez versus Ali and a, and a few others. Um, a, a huge game. So we've seen Jez have success against Harry when he gets him early in the groups. So when he gets him in the groups, um, I can recall a couple of victories that he's had recently over Harry. Um, I can actually remember one at Lagny Court as well. So it's it's the perfect game for Jez though. It's it's a tough group. Um, it's a tough group. Having you know two of the two top five ranks in, in your group in in 
uh, Harry and, and Ali, and Jez obviously still not winning that, that trophy. It, this is the kind of group that you want. If I'm Jez, I don't want a group. I don't want a group D type situation where I can kind of just yeah probably get out of it and then just hope that you know I, I hit some really good form in the in the quarters and the semis. No, no, no. You you want because effectively if he goes through to the next round, one of Ali or Harry are out. That makes things easier. He's also not going to face either uh, Ali or Harry or or um or Towns for that matter uh, in the quarterfinals. So you know his run is. In his own hands, if he beat if he beats Harry in that first game, which is entirely plausible, um, he sets himself up for a, a great, great, great tourney because he gets Towns next. It's Harry first, then Towns. He'll back himself against Towns, and who who is no mug by the way, because Towns has made it a semi final. Um, but it's it's a great start for for Jez, um, and you know he's got it all to play for. We say it feels like we say this every tourney, and we labour the point about him and Liam and and Os as well. He he hasn't won one yet. It's twenty three, you know, twenty three tournaments. The time is now, right? The time is now. He's actually been um, putting in some practice as well. Um, some videos floating around of his uh, his throw, which is looking supreme. Jez Jez has a a very unique throw in terms of he really gets his elbow up early, up and through, and he holds, he waits, and then he delivers. It's the kind of throw that's perfectly suited to the conditions of tomorrow. It's 19 degrees. There's no wind. You know, not too sunny. The ball's going to cut through the air, and he's he's it's gonna it's gonna land wherever he wants it to land. Right. That's the kind of form he's in. Um, the the practice form really has swayed me. I mean, I was I was leaning to a I was leaning to a an an Ali and Harry um, a progression from this group, but if I'm being honest. You know, I might take the coward's way out here and, and say, I'm not really sure, but I'll, I'll get to that right at the end. But uh, for Harry, um, on the other hand, I mean, what more can you say? Uh, four tournaments, just made the final. Um, he's he's developed a, a really good, uh, he's developed a really good kind of patch of results where if he's generally, um, the, the, the thinking behind Harry has been, you know, he has the odd tawny here and there where he'll bomb out. It's happened, you know, two or three times. But effectively, if he doesn't bomb out, he's making the final, right? Very rarely has he lost in like a semis um, or a quarters. So it's it's either a, a bomb out and that is a rare bomb out. It's not like a, a 50-50 bomb out. It's either, you know, he, he doesn't do too well or he wins the title or makes the grand final. Um, it's a tough group. It's a group where, you know, Harry's probably not so much like Jez in terms of it doesn't really matter what group Harry's in, effectively, A. But B, you know, you can stick him in a group D, uh, quite an an easier group, and you have no concerns that he's going to be able to hit form and, you know, rise to the occasion. So this is a tricky one for Harry. Um, It's a tough group. So if if he loses that first game against uh, against his good mate Jezza, it makes things tough for him. Um, He's just got to, I mean, he has... Loads of self-belief. That's why he's at the top of the tree. Um, so he'll know that even if he does drop that first game, he's not going to think it's over. He's going to he's going to back himself against Ali. He's going to back himself against uh, Towns. Um, and it, it's always hard to look at a group and and see anyone else but Harry progressing. So yeah, I, I think it, it might be a similar situation to the Group A, where the winner of that that first game is you know kind of gets that head start. 
Um, but I, I am banking on, on Harry to, to get through. Um, and the other man, you would be uh, hard-pressed to say will, will be exiting at the group stages is, is mm-hmm. Ali Lewis. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this man is is in the sweetest of sweet spots, right? Like he has, you know, he's coming off the, the back of a, a monumental victory for his for his footy club in the Melbourne Demons. Um, I think there's no secret what song he's going to walk out to in the uh, semi-final if he does make it. Um, the Doos theme song. So I think that for Ali, he's just going to capitalize on that. He's got to use that momentum, right? He's got to just, you know, he's got to, he's got to use that energy of the Max Gorns, the Christian Petrarchas, and he's going to play like one. You know, this man, this man's, you know, a, a pretty well a unanimous top five uh, player, but he only won one tourney, right? He's made a couple of finals. Uh, he's made he's made quite a few semifinals um, in particular, but I guess I guess it's it's, it's much like um, much like the D's team itself. So you look back 2018, you know, where they had a, a great rise up the table, right? And we can effectively say that was that the tournament uh, that that Ali won, right? A great a great rise up the table, um, and then you know a bit of a bit of a some disappointing campaigns, um, although um, of late has been performing whenever the pressure's on, just not quite. You know, the, the last step, that last step just hasn't quite been able to make it. I see great signs in Ali, and I see great signs in uh, following the Melbourne Football Club's approach. And I think that if he just switches to that killer instinct, and it all starts in that first game against Towns, if he puts Towns to the sword, look out. If he puts Towns to the sword, you know, look out, loser of Harry versus Jez, because this man's going to be hungry. He plays with that killer instinct. Um, I see no reason why he can't get out of that group. So I'm probably going to say that uh, the loser of Harry and Jez, whoever beats Ali, goes through. It's effectively that. If Ali wins, he's through. Because I think he's winning that first game, and so it's it's a yeah it's a it's 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 a it's a tough one to pick on paper. But I think I back I back Ali against Towns, and then you know the pressure's all on that that the loser of of Jez versus Harry. Um, I, there's there's not much that Ali really needs to work on technique wise. We all know he's got a beautiful technique. Um, what what we what we do know with Ali is he's been there before. He's got championship DNA. He needs to tap into that, and he needs to take that next step to try and really climb the ranks of uh of beer pong champions really put himself in a position to be you know amongst that that goat conversation is start winning more trophies definitely got it in him and townsy what a great man he is um nothing's to say he can't repeat his uh semi-final appearance and repeat the greatest walkout song of all time um so all the, we hope for the best for towns if he can get a, a, a good victory to start with against ali then, you know, he sets himself up for a great tourney. Um, uh, Stay tuned. We'll cover Group C and D next. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Just uh, due to some technical difficulties, we have had to abandon the second half of the podcast, uh, which will be released tomorrow morning. Um, we've had to go offline and uh, 
out of our normal recording studio so stay tuned we will be releasing uh, the uh, intro analysis group A group B uh, shortly and then tomorrow we will be releasing C and D thank you everyone for your patience and look forward to having you all again on the next episode of the first throw